Here in this series, we've been talking about membership. We've been talking about, for the first time in our church's history, saying, hey, we want to introduce this idea of membership and belonging and putting our roots down and saying, hey, God can move us. You know, this isn't like a legal binding contract, but we want to belong. We want to commit. We want to say, this is home. And so we've been just talking about what that means. I've been just trying to lay this out for you over the last few weeks. And maybe some of you guys are asking some good questions. You're like, well, you know, what benefits do I get from being a member. I mean, if you join a gym, you get the benefit of lifting their weights and jumping in their pools and all that. If you join a country club, you get to use their golf courses. If you join Costco, you get to buy ridiculously large quantities of things at low prices. Uh, you know, buy two million Q-tips, you know, pass them on your great-grandkids. You'll never use them all before you die, I promise you. Um, if you join the hair club for men, you get the privilege of not looking like me. And so that's another one I'll throw out there. But what are the benefits of being a member at Living Word Church? Well, I've already actually shared two of them. Maybe you didn't realize it, but the last two weeks we've talked about the first two. The first one is you get to belong to other broken people. You get to belong to the people around you. You get to commit to the people around you who will love you and forgive you as you love and forgive them. And that is an incredible thing. Most of us and many people living around us go through life without that. They go through life without a group of people who will love them unconditionally and will encourage them unconditionally and will forgive and will do life together. And so that's what we've said. The the biggest thing membership is, belonging is, is about committing to the broken people around us. It's not my preaching or anybody's preaching or any music style or any kid's program. It is all about the people around you. Uh, Then last week we talked about the idea that you and I get as a benefit the ability to encourage one another in our relationship with God. We get to gather. We get to be in community with one another. I know almost all the community groups kicked off this week, and the feedback so far has been phenomenal. And so we get to be in community with one another. We get to come on Sundays and enjoy each other. We get to challenge each other. We get to love each other enough to have the hard conversations and encourage each other in our faith. And remember, sort of the big aha moment for me as I was studying for last week's message, and I hope for you as you heard last week's message, was that Christian community is only available to you and I because Jesus purchased it for us on the cross. We wouldn't have that if Jesus hadn't died. And so what a huge deal that is. Jesus didn't die so we could think about joining a church and belonging. No, he actually made us a part of the body of Christ. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. And so we have these incredible benefits of belonging. And I'm going to talk with you today about two more. You know what they are? You get to serve and give. What happened? Where was everybody on that one? Come on. You get to serve and give. Oh my gosh. I'm giving up. I'm, 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 let's pray. Come on. Come on. I want to hear some, I want some clapping. I want, you can ovate. You can stand. All right. Thank you. There it is. Good, good, good. All right, you get to serve and give. Now, the reason no one clapped when I first said that is because you think to yourself, how does that benefit me? It sounds like it benefits the church. I don't get it. How does that benefit me? But here's the thing. It actually benefits you incredibly. To serve and to give benefits you incredibly. Yes, it'll benefit the church, and yes, it'll benefit others. But I want you to see today is how much serving and giving actually benefits you. See, what we're going to see today is that when you and I miss out on serving and giving, we miss out on a lot. That's just the truth. And you're, you're, you're skeptical. I get that. I understand that. Um, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're like, I haven't been to church in five years and I come today, right? When the preacher's trying to guilt people into serving and giving. Well, see, here's the thing. I'm not going to guilt anybody into serving and giving. You know why? 
because God does not guilt people into serving and giving. That's what we're going to see today. God doesn't guilt anybody into serving and giving. What God does is he invites us into serving and giving. And, and here's why he can do that. And here's why I can do this. Because if you know me, I don't like talking about you know, serving and giving. And you know, I, I'm not an arm twister. I just don't like that. I have no stomach for that. Okay. So I love the fact that God doesn't do that with us. In fact, instead, rather, he invites us to serve and give because he doesn't want something from us. He wants something for us. And that's what we're going to see here this morning as we check out some verses. See, this is the amazing thing about God, is that we are always the recipients. We're always on the receiving end when it comes from God. Even when it's us serving and giving, we're still receiving benefits from God. We're always on the receiving end. Even when we think we're the ones giving, giving, I'm always giving, I'm giving, I'm serving, I'm doing all these things. God must be so impressed with me. And here's God going, I'm actually blessing you as you serve and give. In fact, you are more blessed because you serve and give than if you didn't. And so that's what we're going to see here this morning. Now, um, we're going to look at some verses in Ephesians. You guys can turn to Ephesians 4 if you want, or the verses will be up on the screen as well. But as you head over to Ephesians 4, we'll talk about this for a second, because what Paul is going to say today should cause all of us to sit up in our seats and really pay attention. And the reason that's true is because Paul is somebody who has lived this, okay? It's one thing for somebody to say something who hasn't lived it or seen the benefits of it, but Paul was an incredible server, and he saw firsthand the benefits of serving. He saw what God does and the amazing way God blesses when we serve. And so we're going to hopefully perk up, listen to what he has to say here. A few weeks ago after the night service, a bunch of us guys were sitting around talking about football. And we were, you know, trashing each other's quarterbacks and saying this guy can't throw and that guy can't catch and all this stuff. And we were going off on each other about each other's teams. But I can guarantee you this, if any NFL quarterback had walked in while we were having that discussion, we all would have shut up and looked at him and started drooling and listened, right? We all would have just been in awe. Why? Because this guy is the real deal. The guy who just walked through the door is a quarterback. He knows it. We're all a bunch of wannabes who, you know, I mean, we'd be out there. We wouldn't last two seconds on an NFL field trying to throw a ball to anybody. But when this guy walked in, it's time to perk up and listen because he's lived it and experienced the benefits of it. And that's who Paul is. Paul is this follower of Jesus who gave his life serving and serving and serving. And he gives us some advice. He gives the Ephesians church, Ephesian church some advice. And what he says should catch our attention because he knows what he's talking about. He has seen and lived this. And so Ephesians chapter 4, here's what it says in verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for the works of of service. Now, a lot of you guys reading that verse just said to yourself, there's my out. Doug, do you see that verse? It says, this is all about the apostle, apostles. That's a new one. That's like a, an apostle and a prophet, an apostle. Uh, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. See, they're the important ones. They do all the work. They do all the serving and giving, right? No. Look what it says. It's those five guys' job to do what? Look at verse 12. Equip his people, God's people, you, for the works of service. So it's my job and the other pastor's jobs and our elders and the team leaders and the community group leaders. It's, it's all of our jobs not to do all the work. It's our jobs to teach and train and rally and encourage you so that you 
can do these works of service that God has for each one of us to do. Now, Paul spends the next several verses talking about the benefits of serving, okay? And so Paul says, okay, pastors and teachers and all these people get together, train the people, rally them together, get them excited about using their gifts and talents. And then he says, watch what will happen when everybody comes together and starts using their gifts and talents. Look what it says. So that the body of Christ may be built up. So if teachers and preachers and leaders are training all the people and everyone's you know, running on all cylinders and we're working hard together, the body will be built up. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're going, well, what's that illustration mean? Like, why is he bring up a body? We've been seeing every single week in this series that Paul, over and over again, uses this illustration of the body in all different places. And we all have a body, so he knew we'd be familiar with it. And so he uses this illustration and says, okay, you guys know you got a body. There's all these different moving parts. And you know what? When all those parts work together, the body's built up. The body is strong. The body is doing well. And that's the illustration he uses. He says it's kind of like the church. When they come together and they start all using their parts and they're working together, the body is built up. And so when you and I kick into gear and we start using our gifts and talents and serving and getting in the right seat on the bus, you know, we want you guys in the right seat on the bus. We don't want to just throw you on the wrong seat on the bus and say, okay, uh, you hate kids, go help kids. Uh, You hate food, go cook some. I mean, that's not what we want to do. We want you to get in the right seat. Maybe you volunteered in the wrong seat on the bus in the past, and that's why you had such a bad experience. Who wants to go work with kids for an hour and a half when you can't stand kids, right? But some of you guys love that, right? And so we want to get everybody in the right spot. And when we get you in the right spot, using your gifts, man, you know what starts to happen? It's exciting. You're you're getting excited about what's going on around here. You're not just an attender anymore. You're a belonger. Now this is home. Now you're making this a better place. Now you're impacting lives. And God's using you. And that's when the, the body is built up. And then it says this, another benefit. Verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. And so when we get together and we start using our gifts and talents and we're in the right seat on the bus, then man, we're going to get unified and we're going to grow. We're going to become more mature as individuals and as a church. And then I love this next part, okay? Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So when you and I serve and give, you know what that verse means? Kind of fancy words there. It means we're going to become like Jesus. We're going to be more and more like Jesus as we serve and as we give and as we're together and we're unified and we're in this body working together. How many of us in this room have prayed and asked Jesus to make us more like him? I would guess every Christian in the room, right? And we had those times like during worship, maybe like a worship set like this morning, and you're just like, wow, I just feel like so close to God right now. God, just make me more like you. You know what God says back? Okay, I will make you more like me. You know how? It's called the local church. And when you join the local church, you're going to become more like me. When you're using your gifts and talents, you're going to become more like me. You're going to be button heads with sinners like you, and you're going to become more like me. Doug, all right, you want to become more like me? All right, I'm going to make you a part of a church because you know what? You're broken. The people around you are broken, and you're going to be button heads. You're going to be loving and forgiving and becoming more like me. And, and we're all going, no, God, that's not the, what, what I meant. I wasn't asking for that. Like, can't you just make me more like you? Can't you just snap your fingers while I'm watching Netflix on the couch in my footsie pajamas eating a tub of ice cream? Like, that's how you make me more like you. It's like this mystical, mysterious thing you do. God's going, no, it's called the church. 
It's called belonging to other broken people. It's called jumping in. It's called putting your roots down and forgiving and loving. And when we do this, we are becoming more like Jesus. There's several ways we become more like Jesus, right? Um, Going through hard things makes us more like Jesus. Uh, Being close to God makes us more like Jesus. Doing life with people makes us more like Jesus. But what we're seeing here is that serving makes us more like Jesus. Because when we're serving alongside each other, we're able to encourage each other and receive encouragement. When we're serving alongside each other, we're challenged and, and we're able to have those hard conversations and we're able to get the support that we need. And, you know, I just love the idea that when the way we view volunteering around here isn't a bunch of random people in random spots just getting jobs done. Like, if that's how we were to view it, then we are not doing our job. Our, our heart here is to see every single person in a volunteering position becoming more like Jesus. Like, that's the goal of volunteering. It's not just to get a job done. It's not just to park cars and feed people. It's to actually have every single person there engaged, growing in their relationship with God. That's why we have team leaders. That's why we're, we have team meetings. That's why we get together and we worship together and we pray for one another and we train together and we're there to support each other. And so it's about so much more than just getting a job done. It's about literally you and I growing in our relationship with Jesus. Think about this for a second. Remember before I brought up that prayer that we all pray, God, make me more like you? Have you ever thought about that prayer? Like when you pray that prayer, God, make me more like you, what are you actually praying? Well, obviously, Doug, I'm praying to be more like God. Well, what is God like? God is like this. He pursues people who don't want anything to do with him. He forgives people who wrong him. He's patient with people he shouldn't be patient with. You still want to keep praying that prayer, right? I mean, this is what it is to be like God. And God's saying, all those things will happen when you belong to a local church and you jump in and you put your roots down and you allow yourself to be vulnerable to the people around you and they're vulnerable to you. Watch you become more like me. Then it says this, another benefit. Then... When we're like Jesus, because we've served and and gave, because we've been together in on this, then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Paul's saying, okay, when you guys are unified and together, guess what's going to happen? You guys are going to be safe from going off the deep end. You guys are going to have each other's backs. You guys are going to be strong in your faith. You're going to recognize when somebody comes in and starts saying something that's not of God. You're going to be mature. and You're going to be unified. Instead, verse 15, speaking the truth in love. So remember, these are all benefits of serving. So us coming together leads us to such tightness and unity and maturity in our faith that we're able to speak the truth in love to one another. That we're able to have some hard conversations. That we're able to... Say, all right, what's going on in your life over here? Man, I love you enough to say, what's up with this area? I love you enough to, to encourage you to, to try harder, be a better husband, be a better spouse, be a better kid. I encourage you to, to bring this area of your life to God. I mean, don't we all want those people in our lives that love us enough to have those hard conversations? Because this is a byproduct of God's people coming together and being a strong body. You see, when you and I, when we, serve each, uh, when we serve alongside each other, something happens, and you know this. Uh, let's just take church out of the equation for a minute. Anyone that served in the military together will tell you the same thing, that when you're in the trenches together, you become like family. You are bonded. 
something happens because you're on mission together and you're serving alongside each other. And you know what? The same thing happens here inside the church. Ask anybody who's been on a mission trip. A lot of you guys have gone on a mission trip, short term, some, some long term. The people that you're there with, and sometimes when you're there with them, you want to kill them. But looking back, you're like, wow, that's like my family. You know, um, we've been on mission trips. There's nothing like building a house in the middle of Belize in like 110 degree weather to make you more like Jesus with the people around you. Uh, there's nothing like going to New Orleans after Katrina happened and gutting houses and, and putting up sheetrock and it makes you family. When the floods happened upstate a few months, uh, a few years ago, and we went up there and we're gutting houses and we're, we're doing roofing and we're scraping the sides of houses and doing all, it just unifies you because you're serving alongside each other. You're on mission together. And when you and I do that, it sets us up for unity and maturity and the strength and the ability to speak the truth and love to one another. And the same will happen when we're in the trenches here. That's how many of you, if you're honest and you're on a volunteer team right now and you look back, you go, how did I get tight with so-and-so? Oh yeah, we were on the same team together, weren't we? Oh yeah, we were in the trenches. We were on mission together, weren't we? We saw this at VBS, right? We got together. We had a ton of volunteers. I think we had more volunteers than kids. And I think we had more fun than the kids. We had such a great week. And at the, at the end of the week, we, Joey and I were talking and I think it was like Sunday, the Sunday at the VBS. And we're like, I like miss everybody, not the kids. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I miss everybody. I miss the other volunteers. I miss the other leaders. We had such a great time being in the trenches together and doing life like that. And so when, when, man, when we're serving alongside each other, we're setting ourselves up to see some awesome things. When we get involved in each other's lives, we're going to be seeing people come to Jesus. We're going to be seeing, um, man, nothing like having a friend you've been volunteering with and praying for, see their marriage put back together. See God show up and you know you've been praying for something in their life to, to break loose and God finally does it. There's just nothing like that. And it brings us together. And I will tell you this, for a church our size, it is incredible how many of you guys are already hitting this out of the park. I mean, it's phenomenal. Like, as I talk with other pastors, and, oh, yeah, how many volunteers you have? They're like, you have how many volunteers? Now, a lot of you guys are sitting back going, see, then you don't need me. No, we need you because we're starting to outgrow this room, and our kids are blowing out downstairs. Literally, there's holes in the walls. They're blowing out downstairs, and we got people parking all over the place. My daughter drove with me to church this morning. She's like, where, are you, where do you park? I'm like, I know. I'm in like, I'm in like Corum. I'm like parking out in Corum because we're just trying to make room for everybody, and so we need to multiply out, and we're not there yet, but man, we are praying about the right timing for a second service in the morning, which means we have to double our volunteer base, and so we need your help so much. And I love this next part. Another benefit, okay, so we've seen that we'll do all these different things. We'll speak the truth in love. And then he says, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is, who is the head that is Christ. And so we'll grow to become this mature, strong body. Again, Paul's using this illustration of being like one unified body. And we're going to grow up into what God has for us. And it's like Jesus is the head, and we're all different parts. I guess, you know, the parking and the greeting teams, like, each a, they're each a leg because they're always, you know, standing on their feet. And, and you got the production team. I guess they're like the eyes and the ears back there doing an incredible job. Our cafe team, I, this isn't a very appetizing thought, but I guess they're like the stomach. I don't know. Like, I guess they could make taste buds. I don't know. They're going to fight that one out. Our kids' ministry is definitely the adrenal gland in this body, right? All that energy they got down there. I guess the band is the mouth and the security team's like the fists. I don't know, you know. But we got this whole beautiful, awesome body coming together and being used by God. And Jesus is the head of it all. He's the brain. He's over it all. 
this amazing thing that God is putting together. Verse 16, from him, from Jesus, the whole body. How cool is this verse? Joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. See how beautiful that is? When a couple hundred people come together and say, I'm going to do my part. Awesome. The church is going to grow. There's going to be excitement. There's going to be amazing things happening. But you personally are going to mature in your faith. You're going to become more like Jesus. You will have brothers and sisters around you who know you and who you know and who you're walking through life with, who love you enough to have hard conversations sometimes to tell you the truth in love. We're going to have unity around using our gifts and ability. So do you see the amazing benefits of serving? Paul's talking from experience. He's seen this. He knows this is what happens when a church goes for it together. So it's so important that we serve. Now let me just spend a couple minutes talking about giving. And here's where we're going to look. We're going to look at one verse. And again, we're going to see just the incredible blessings that God brings as we're faithful. Malachi 3 um, the people weren't giving, they weren't tithing. And so look what God says to them. Again, he's not guilting them into anything. Look what he says in verse 10. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, saying, give, give the tithe, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. You see, you're always on the receiving end. I'm always on the receiving end. God says, hey, I want you to tithe, okay, take the tenth of what you make, give it to the local church, and I'm in on this, our staff's in on this. We are givers. We want to continue to pour into what God's doing on Long Island. And so we're doing this, and, and God says, when you do this, just watch what I'll do back. If you're here for the first time, ask the person around you later, when's the last time I spoke about this? Not last week, not last month, probably about a year ago, okay? So it's not like the weekly thing you see on when you're watching the televangelists on TV. Send the seed money of $1,000 to my personal hot tub fund and you'll be blessed. This is not that, okay? But once in a while, I got to bring this up because, again, it's important for the church to continue to grow and thrive, but it's also important for you. As you and I, as if we withhold from God what he's calling us to give, we miss out on him doing that throwing open the floodgates of heaven and pouring out so much blessing we will not have room enough for it. Now, sometimes when he throws open the floodgates of heaven and pours out this blessing, it's financial. He says, okay, you gave financially, that watch me come through financially. But sometimes it's totally different. Sometimes he blesses your marriage. Here you are being faithful giving, he just blesses your marriage. Sometimes here you are being faithful giving and suddenly you just see him at work. He brings a new peace, a new hope. I'm not trying to, you know, like say like, oh, give to God and watch him, you know, write this blank check for you. That's a prosperity gospel. I don't think that's biblical. But what we see here is a God who's saying, I'm always going to outgive you. I'm always going to outbless you. And so God is so good to us here. Uh, do we have anybody here in the room that enjoys buying, especially some of you youth or teens or kids, any of you guys that enjoy buying stuff from like the Apple store or the iTunes store, any of you humans out there, anybody? Who we got? I'm just looking around here. All right. Who we got? Grace, you don't like iTunes, Apple stuff? All right. You, you can stay. All right. Who else? Somebody? Who else we got? I'm just looking around here. I need, need some help. All right. I, I, I can't give it to my son here. All right. Let's get John Metcalf. John Metcalf, come up here. Come on. Come on. Yeah, now you're mad you raised your hand. All right. Come on. Come here. All right. John's coming up here. All right. You will not be mad you raised your hand, John. I promise you. John is our parking team leader, everybody. Look at that. Awesome. All right. Thank you, bro. All right. Cool. All right, so I have 10 $10 iTunes gift cards here, okay? 
I told you, you're not going to be mad you raised your hand, okay? So now, if you can recite all 12 disciples, I'm just kidding. Um, I feel like Bob Barker up here, I don't know. All right, I have 10 iTunes gift cards, and I'm going to give you 10 iTunes gift cards. I actually have 11, I'm going to hang on to this one. And so, I'm going to give you these iTunes gift cards, okay? Those 10 are from me to you. You're not allowed to give them back. They are not drained. They have complete money on there. So there's $100 of iTunes gift cards right there, okay? Now, I want to ask you if you will, because I gave you those 10, give me one back. Okay, you will give me one back. And I want to take this one, and I'm going to give this to someone else who doesn't maybe have one. I'll give this one to Gracie. She's awesome. She's one of our youth group green rumors. Okay, and so uh, John just gave me one back because I gave him 10. Do you feel like that's a bad deal? All right, do you feel cheated right now? You feel slighted. Okay, you feel blessed, right? Because I just gave, and I took the 10, I gave it to somebody else who was in need, and because you gave me the one out of the 10, I'm going to open the floodgates of heaven, I'm going to give you one even more back, okay? And so now go get out of here. Now that is a little picture, guys, of what God does. He says, hey, I told you you wouldn't be mad. I told you you wouldn't be mad. Now you're all like, next time I need an illustration, like, oh, yeah, that's it. You missed it. Grace, you missed it. All right. That is a little picture of what God does. He says, I'm going to give you 100% of the resources you don't deserve. Here's 100%. You take them, use 90, give me back 10 to support what I'm doing in your area. And watch me then when you give that 10 back, bless you even more. That's just the good God that we serve. That's how he out gives us. That's just who he is. And so membership is about committing to the broken people around you. It's about belonging here and saying, hey man, when the doors are open, I'm going to do my best to be there. I'm not going to have perfect attendance or be there every week or every time, you know. But man, I want to belong and I want to more often than not be in the room because I need the encouragement of those around me and I need to encourage those around me. And it's about saying, I'm going to serve and give. I'm going to jump in, and I'm going to be used by God, and I'm going to get the blessing. I'm always blessed back more than I bless. And so I'm going to be unified with those around me. I'm going to become mature. I'm going to become more like Jesus. I'm going to be built up in my faith. I'm going to have people who love me enough to speak the truth and love, all byproducts of serving. And when I give, God is going to open those floodgates of heaven and do something I can't even fathom or understand. Like I said, I am not going to be a televangelist and promise you this, a new car, a new house, a new, and I like turn into Oprah up here. Everybody gets a new car. You know, I'm not turning into that, okay? I was going to say that I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know, and I can tell you this from personal experience, that as I'm faithful by God's grace to give, that he always outblesses and always outgives, and I know that you can count on that too. Won't hear about that from me again for a long time. And so, as we sort of outgrow this service, and as we are even still filling up this service, we have tons of different ways for you to get involved. And so here's how we kind of respond. Um, if you love nature and adventure, we have a parking team, and so we love to get you out there uh, dodging cars for your life out on a major highway. Um, no, but we would love to train you, and we would get you guys on a rotating schedule, get you out there. Uh, John may give you one of his gift cards, I don't know. Um, if you love to make people feel welcome, we have a greeting team. And they do a fabulous job, incredible job of getting you guys greeted and handed a bulletin and sat down. Just a great team. Again, we get you trained. We would get you on a rotation and uh, on, on schedule. Uh, if you like to cook or prepare, pre- wow, prepare food, we have a cafe team. If you hate to cook but love to clean, we need you to clean up after the cafe team. Um, if you're a cop or you've worked in security, we have a security team. 
If you like pressing buttons, we have a production team. Um, if you love working with kids, we have our children downstairs right now. Great team there. Um, and if you like serving people in need, we have our homeless ministry. That's been um, slow throughout the summer, but we're going to get that rolling again soon in the fall. And um, the way, a lot of people ask about that. So real quick, the way that works is we just, um, once a month on a Saturday, we cook food here at the church. And then uh, so either the same team or the same part of the team or some other people come and, and take the food out to... Uh, uh, out east a little bit to a couple locations where we hand out the food. And hey, Nick Rob, oh, dang it, Larry Rob, at least I didn't call him Don. Larry Rob was here this morning, and Larry has this incredible, what he does is called the parachurch, along with the church, right? This great ministry. If you're like, my thing isn't really any of those things you said, Doug, but I could sit and hang out with a kid for an hour a week, then Larry's your man. Go see him in the lobby. Um, so I'd love to give you that opportunity as well. That's, that's part of the body of Christ too, what Larry's doing is part of the body of Christ. Um, and so, we have all these great opportunities, and there's probably things I forgot, and, and there's new things, and as our church grows, we're going to need new teams, and new positions will open, and, and so we, we just need you. We need your help, and some of you guys are like, I'm in a season of life where I just can't. I just don't have it right now, and I understand that, and I, the last thing I'd want to do is put pressure on you, and so here's what I would say is maybe um, pray about it through this really busy, busy season of your life, and when that busy season changes, think and pray about jumping in with us. But would you think and pray about how to serve and how to give? My buddy Chris is going to be at the info desk on the way out today, and you can head over by him, fill out a connection card. On the back, there's a volunteering box. You could check off that box. And then you could, um, if you feel like it, you can specify a team you might feel more comfortable on. Or if you fill out that box, I will email you this week, and you can write back and say, here's what I feel like would be good for me or whatever, and we'll figure that out. But again, we're not going to destroy you to the wolves. We're going to get you trained. You'll be on a rotation. This is not an every week thing. Um, it's It's... Honestly, most of the teams, it's maybe about a half hour to 40 minutes of your whole week, and that's just the week that you're on. The production team and the kids' ministry would be the exceptions to that. But awesome stuff going on. Inviting you into something, not trying to guilt you into anything. If you are here today and you're like, I feel guilted into volunteering and giving, then that was not the heart or the intent. It's an invitation for God to do his thing and see how he shows up in your life as you trust him with these areas. And so would you pray about that? Our members meeting is going to be Sunday, October 18th at 1 p.m. As I've been saying, we're going to just get some food for anybody that signs up. You can sign up today at the info desk. Please do that so we know how much food to order. And we'll tell you all about our mission, our vision, our core values. And you can decide if membership's for you. If membership's not for you, we'd love for you to still be an attender. And we'd love for you to still be somebody that's serving and giving and using your gifts and talents. But for those of you that are like, nah, I want to commit somewhere. I want a home. I want to know that this is home before the offense and the hurt and just belong to these people. Then we'll give you that opportunity. And so if you're not a follower of Jesus... I just want to say this real quick to kind of close this out today. The Bible says something amazing about Jesus. It says that Jesus didn't come to be served, but he came to do two things, serve and to give his life as a ransom. Jesus is the exact picture of everything we talked about today. He was all about serving and all about giving. And so if you're here today going, yep, that's what I thought church would be, trying to get people trying to get me to do stuff I don't want to do and give stuff I don't want to give, can you just hear today? That the message I want you to hear, please delete the last 32 minutes and 29 seconds of your day and just hear this one sentence. Jesus came to serve you and give his life as a ransom for you. That's all I want you to walk out of here with today. Knowing that that's the kind of God we have. Died on the cross in your place to rescue you from your sin and shame. 
to purchase eternity for you, to purchase heaven for you, and he just wants to do incredible things in your life. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to put your trust in him in just a second. But if you are, I want you to remember this thought this week. No one is more blessed than we are when we serve and give. It's just the truth. Sometimes it's hard to serve. Sometimes it's hard to give. But God is always giving back in greater ways. No one is more blessed than we are when we serve and give. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful to you, Lord, that you're always the giver. We're always the recipients. And we're just grateful to you that we get to do this. We get to belong. We get, Lord, to use our gifts and talents. And so I just pray as a church that you will help us be people who love to do this, that we will come alive when we serve, we come alive when we give, and we are pouring into what you're doing on Long Island. I thank you so much for this church. I thank you that we break the norms in serving and giving. We are not talking about this today because we're in trouble and you know we're, we're financially unstable and our, we have no volunteers. God, we are doing great, but God, I know you have way more for us to do on Long Island than what we're currently doing. And so I pray that you will multiply us out, both in our serving and giving departments, so we can continue to do what you've called us to do. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you just pray? I'm not asking you to do anything but pray and ask God if he's got something for you to serve, uh, both to serve and give with. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I'd encourage you, if you want to put your trust in Jesus today, just pray something like this silently between you and God. Jesus, thank you that you didn't come to be served, but you came to serve and to give your life as a ransom for many. And I thank you, I'm a part of that many. I thank you for your love and forgiveness. I thank you for dying on a cross in my place. Would you be my savior? And would you show me how real you are? And would you change my life today? In your name I pray.